BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. professional wrestling we like professional wrestling too this is shake them ropes for the last week of september 2022 i am here i am jeff hawkins also with me as usual chris novembrino breaking news as we go to air the founder of new japan pro wrestling antonio inoki has passed away uh i will admit right up front that i cannot speak on this subject with any amount of intelligence for the most part other than, you know, having seen Anoki wrestle occasionally, and I know of the infamous shoot fight with Muhammad Ali, which has gone down in wrestling lore, uh, wrestler versus boxer, and of course, Anoki decided he wanted to make it a bit of a shoot fight. Um, but yeah, that just, I mean, just a guy who, look, New Japan is synonymous with great professional wrestling from that country. And, you know, a lot of my fandom of New Japan came in the early to mid-90s when it was, quote-unquote, at its hottest. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it, it is a legacy of quality wrestling for wrestling fans even up until now with The Forbidden Door. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang back here and let you give any thoughts that you might have here. Yeah, absolutely. So, two thoughts about Anoki. One is that for me, as weird as this might sound, I first realized his importance in the Japanese professional wrestling historical timeline when I got a copy of Virtual Pro Wrestling Two. And he and Jumbo Saruta are some of like the last people that you unlock on the game. And like, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Like Anoki, he's like this really important guy. And then like, obviously I, I, that was a prompt for me to start like looking into who Antonio Anoki is. And there were a couple of key moments there. Like uh, I feel like everyone at some point sees Antonio Anoki getting the great Antonio in line. Uh, that is, of course, a notable moment of uh, 
Is that what that was? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When he, yeah, he, 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 he straightens out, Mister Great Antonio. Um, and then, okay, so like that, that was more of a guy wouldn't work, and Antonio gets him in line. Uh, the one that really stands out to me in terms of like, I guess, he's, in a weird way, like I wouldn't say it's his greatest accomplishment, but for for me personally, it is his greatest accomplishment because I'm like a number one Vader fan all time, right? Is that Antonio Noki? really made vader by doing the shock squash match of a legend and oh I remember, okay yeah i remember yeah, that. And, yeah. And, and, i mean like this is a very important match because like anoki was so protected he's like this like hogan type figure in japan and anoki loses in a not particularly competitive match to big van vader at this point and it is to the shock of that crowd, to the absolute shock of this crowd, that like a gaijin could come in and just like wreck their guy. And I've always thought of that as like, what a wonderful, I mean, yeah, like Vader's like my favorite wrestler, but like also like it's such an important part of the business. Like it's not just what you do, it's what you like leave, like your legacy, like, like and, and, and making people on the backside of your career is as important as accolades on the front side of your career. Well, it's all, it's interesting because right now we're going through the Muda's farewell tour and he has been accused in Noah of, you know, for some reason he beat the biggest young and up and coming. star. I don't remember his name. So don't get on me. Japanese wrestling fans. I'm sorry. I, I don't follow Noah, but I remember reading about this. And I can remember his name. I just can't say it right now because I can't. Was it Kenta Kiyomiya? Kiyomura, I think. Kiyomura, yeah, yeah. That, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 not laying down for him in it. What was going to be, I think, their last match or at least one of their last matches. And you're just like, dude, what you do is you you establish that legacy, you go away and you be a legend for a while, and you come back once, maybe twice, and you lose for the you lose to the young kid. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's one of the easiest stories on earth and it means so much. And it, it's one of those weird things with just the sheer amount of wrestling that there is that legends coming back don't matter anymore. Legends being in a match doesn't really matter anymore. And now everybody wants to see the legend win because they're so happy to see them. <laughs> and so that doesn't matter anymore either and it's just it's it's one of those weird evolution I, type uh, of- yeah i'll go one step further and like the uh the smart part of the audience is just i mean like one there's a larger smart part of the audience now right yes. two the smart part of the audience doesn't really think a whole lot about like who are you making on the way out like it, it's just not a big demand for them right now. It becomes now. about how 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 much money can you get at on the way out, and what's what's you know that kind of thing as well. Because hey, I may not wrestle ever again. <laughs> right, and look, I I mean, I, I far be it for us to ever begrudge the capitalism component of no. like make make your money, bro, make your money. Get like paid. you're putting your body, you're putting your body on the line. Get paid every morning. Um, my first tweet is good morning. Get paid. Right. I mean, but like, yes. it's not, it's not the only thing in life either. Right. Like, and it's certainly not the it's only not. thing in like wrestling. No, it's not. Hawkins. <laughs> I, I believe it or not. I got I, nothing else. <laughs> no, I, I, many of us don't. It, it, 
<laughs> Lord knows we're all hanging out by career, a career, family, none of that. Just give me money. <laughs> money. I yeah, yeah. I don't even have a career. I just need money at this point. Same. Uh, yeah, like um so no, but I, I, I do think like look, uh, as reviewers of wrestling, I think uh, it is important for the reviewer class of people to still think about who are you making on the way out? So it's like as we're looking at like this most recent Muda run here, what's Muda making? You know, I'm not I, like obviously we're not going to grade him on the work rate, right? Like, but so like and it's same like Flair. Like, what's Flair? Not that like we care a lot about Flair's like final run or whatever, but like <laughs> Flair ain't making shit other than money, right? Yeah, it, it, it's 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 just the attitudes towards legends have changed so much where it would where it'd be like almost we're almost afraid of ticking off the audience by having a legend lose to the young guy because everybody's paid their money to to get that last feel-good moment and it's like well Dude, the feel-good moments when they come through the curtain yes, and you see the guy's yes, still alive yes. and can do the thing yes and the feel-good moment is when he hits that finisher the lat one more time and he and gets yeah, kicked out of it <laughs> yes and yes the young guy kicks out but like that's okay yes that's okay that's all okay. the drama it's part of the it's magic. part of it yeah right the old gunslinger must go into the sunset for the new gunslinger that you love yes yes uh i, I totally agree uh there will be other people who can speak on this more intelligently dave Meltzer, uh, uh probably uh joe and rich in some ways so yeah I, I, I'm, I, I, yeah I would, they'll I would, have more would, time to think on this than yes we, we, we have like we're, we're, minutes, i mean maybe. we literally heard this five minutes ago so yeah as we went to air uh other news vice tv currently working on a vince mcmahon documentary according to a report from pw insider it will air sometime in october i have no information on what the subject matter is but both dave Meltzer and brian alvarez have recorded some comments of some sort i assume if it's vice it's probably going to be about uh what a creepy dude he is with women in terms of in terms of how he ran his business it's not going to be anything having to do with the wrestling side i would assume but uh you know i don't know yeah i would love i would love an exhaustive look at the last three and a half years of vince mcmahon's regnum i I mean boy (laughs) great television to really dive deep into a lot of depth. Uh, Vince, what are your thoughts on the plane ride from hell? Um, you know, that kind of stuff. No, it's it's probably gonna be on the scandal surrounding him leaving WWE. I would I would probably Yeah, guess. no, I I would say I mean look, it's a massive story and you know, we're still getting the fallout from it, but um look, it's it's a generational story. It's yeah. important. Regarding the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, Dave Meltzer reporting that they all they haven't heard anything from the company at least as of a few days ago, as the ongoing investigation continues. What are they still gathering data on, Hawkins? Like, I, 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 I'm asking that semi-rhetorically, but I'm legitimately interested. What could possibly take this best investigation so I am under the impression that the investigation itself is probably wrapped up, but right now we're getting into the, is there going to be litigation amongst any of the parties? and separation and the the method i see to me it's like i think that if the investigation had played out in a way where the more um innocent uh narrative that was advanced about the bucks and omega actually held water i i think that this would be basically wrapped at this point ish 
Um, I and I, I tend to think that like the fact that we're still doing this means that and like there's other things that seem to suggest this, like where the location of the bite mark is and all that other stuff on Omega's arm and stuff. It seems to me that maybe their story didn't hold all the water that they thought it would. I I will give you a counter point in that they can't bring them back no matter if 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 it did hold water because of their positions within the company and because of um in case let's say punk gets fired because of this and he decides to sue for uh breach of contract or something like that the company itself cannot show favoritism towards the other side just yet by bringing them back because they, he, he could he could then use that as part of the lawsuit in some ways. Mm. So for right now, everybody's getting a little bit of a cooling off period, and I'm quite all right with that. I'm hoping everybody just kind of comes to their senses and decides to make money off of this after that, but that's me. Next week, we get an extra 15 minutes of dynamite per Tony Khan. Oh, also, by the way, next week after Rampage, Battle of the Belts is also live. I was not aware that there was a Battle of the Belts. I have not seen anything on television about Battle of the Belts, Chris. And this is supposed to be a a quote-unquote premium for television type event. Wow. This is like literally the first I've heard about the Battle yeah. of the Belts thing. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I, I get my information from what I see on the TV shows that I don't fast forward through or like am like stepping away from to, you know, get a drink. Um, so, yeah, I didn't catch this Battle of the Belts thing. If it was announced on the show, it must have been once in passing. No, it was not. An, it has not I don't there believe it has been announced on television yet. And I, I'm just wow. like, why are we not? We will get into this on the Lazy River because I am having some issues with AEW and their builds. I, I really. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I am too. I, they, they, the, the company's just been on kind of narrative autopilot for like, it seems like a, a six weeks now. And I have a metaphor that if I decide to go for it, uh, you may have to pull me back on it because it might not be suitable for radio or, or for podcasting. I'm old. I call it radio still. Mm. Uh, t- ticket news. Royal Rumble tickets uh, went on sale today. Or yeah, today's Friday. <laughs> God, it's been a long week. Um, with VIP uh, tickets going on sale Wednesday in San Antonio. It looks like they're going to try and sell 40000 for the uh, Alamo Dome, I believe, is where it's going to be in San Antonio. But there's this little clip in the uh, Observer I want to uh, I want to counteract that with, which is very interesting in some ways. And our friend Garrett Gonzalez brought it up for Fight Game Media, is that they haven't sold out. AEW has not yet sold out full gear. And I've only sold 2200 for next week's anniversary show. Whoa. And even worse, November 4th in Atlantic City, New Jersey right now, ticket sales stand at 776 which is brutal, especially since they did 5500 paid and 5900 in the building in February in the same arena. Now, I'm not going to get overwrought here, Chris. No, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not in trouble. No, <laughs> and I'm not going to sit here and be like, CM Punk would solve all these problems. Right, but like, exactly. But boy, are we, that's are, not are great. They hit, are they hitting arenas too often with shows that, quote unquote, don't matter? I'm not going to say a dynamite doesn't matter, but I'm just going to say law of diminishing returns type of thing. I, I, especially if you I lay would, if you lay a flat one in that room the last time, I I, I don't have the card for it, but it's no no I, I don't have the card for that. But you're asking like, it, it, are we talking like law of diminishing returns or whatever? 
Uh, one that I, I definitely do kind of believe in is if, like, you run a town and you kind of lay a stinker of the show in, um, even a year later or whatever, the product can be different, but people still have this bad taste in their mouth from the last time they bought a ticket and they bought a stinker. Well, I think they're trying to cultivate certain cities, too. And the problem with that is if you go too often for television, it's going to feel like the next television doesn't matter. Also se. true. You know, you know what I, I'm saying? is It's kind of like... Uh, you know, it, it, it's like doing a house show loop, but you're doing it for it, it. It's the it's the house show loop thinking, but for television. And I don't think that works for television. I think you can wear out audiences for television. A lot of people complain about how often they go back to Chicago. I'm inclined to agree with them in, in some ways. Like, I'm going to be very interested to see how this Thanksgiving Eve show in Chicago does, because they want to make that a yearly tradition, kind of like Greensboro was for for crockett for thanksgiving night type of thing so i mean there there is something to being there, there there's there's the one thinking that thinking you're being friendly to your fans and giving to your fans and look we're gonna keep coming back to this town because we just love you guys so much but there's also the whole thing of hey you know what it really is a special occasion when aew rolls into Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, or wherever you want to mm. go. <laughs> you know, that that kind of thing, which WWE does. I mean, for television, it's always a rare treat in certain cities. They'll do the occasional house show here and there in like small towns, but you know, they like the big cities type of a thing. So I, I just I'm I know that one I know that there's there's the discourse right now that one company has more momentum than the other. I don't necessarily buy into that necessarily because you know, it's it's one of those things where these this thing ebbs and flows. So that that that's the I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, so to speak. But I don't want to be prisoner of the moment, I suppose. But like when we say that one company has more momentum than the other, are we saying that WWE has more momentum than AEW? I think so. I, I mean, if that's the kind of conventional wisdom, I tend to agree agree with that right now but it, i it, only i only but, but i think a lot of that is in context of aew doesn't is going through a bit of an identity crisis right now well i also and, think it's kind of market share for me because it's one of those things where look wwe's always gonna have that shelf space until aew can take them over and i might be also just over uh, setting the bar too high for what aew can do given it's still a very young company Know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When does AEW start being an older company by I, your I, definition? You know, when, when they... They're you know, like when, three and a half years, right? When they reach puberty, 13. Oh, 13? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean... Know. I don't know. No, I, I mean, I, I just... In my head, like five or six years at this point, you're not a young company anymore. Okay, so that's fair too. Time ticks is what I'm saying. Ratings talk. I'm just going to read all this off. I don't have a lot of huge thoughts to say, but uh, Raw, 10th for the week on cable, Dynamite, 17th. 1,674,000 viewers on average for Raw, uh, 0.45 in the demo, 990,000 for AEW Dynamite, 0.34 in the demo. If you want to give that discourse, they fell by a couple hundred thousand viewers. I don't know, Chris. I'll let you go into that. But, yeah, uh, I don't have, I don't have yeah. a take on that. Yeah. Smackdown on Fox, 2,535,000, 0.63 in the demo. Largest viewing audience in nearly two years. Look, uh, that one, I feel like 
it's weird. Like I don't have like a strong impulse towards invert or negative correlation with bad shows and bad ratings, but I do tend to have like a bit of a positive correlation with like, if the show is stronger, more people are going to watch it. It seems like. And and, and, then, and oh, I think SmackDown ahead. has been stronger over recent yeah. weeks. Uh, and, and, and I think also I'm not a huge fan of it per se, because I think if you're going to say, Hey, we have separate, separate, rosters you need to kind of keep them separate so that when they fight each other it's special there's been a lot of crossover in between both with damage control and the entire bloodline story and i guess gargano and owens are at smackdown tonight i haven't been keeping up with what's been going on there but i have a friend who's there at smackdown tonight and so i guess the cross-pollination might also be working also kind of working for it We'll get into this in the lazy river, I think, but that, that whole white rabbit stuff, I think it's, you know, I, I don't know how much it's working, but it's at least gotten some buzz going. I would be very interested to see like advanced analysis that talks about like how much these links are being clicked on and yes. like, but I, I think it's great, especially for like people who really are into this. It gives them something to dive into and sink their teeth into. Yeah. And, 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 and more, more to do yeah more yes do. Yeah, right right yeah it's more to do it's, it's it's just it's it's a second screen experience that i feel like is rewarding for the people who want to go it's, down that it's path. interactive it, it's basically the company interacting with fans as well in some way as opposed to hey just sit here and and, and we'll we'll serve you gruel or whatever but um personnel moves roosh officially all elite signing a contract with them bandito who we saw in Dynamite, has been offered a full-time job in AEW as well. And returning, as we saw on Raw this week, Candice LeRae in WWE on the main roster, which I never thought would happen after she would be kept down in NXT for that long. I thought she had passed her time. I thought she was perfect maybe about 15 years ago or so. But it, yeah, um. Any thoughts on on those three that we can also bring up? I think Candice is a nice addition to to the Raw roster, and I'm glad to see her get that call. Yeah, did not realize she was 37. I uh, good for her. I'm, you know, because in the past WWE would look at that number and go pass, not enough time. But look, she is she is a great talent. She's a great presence on wrestling television. I I like her a lot. Roosh getting uh, getting a big deal in AEW is interesting to me. Um, I overall like his work, <laughs> but it's also one of those things where it's one of those things where it's like, he's gonna He's going to pick his spots. Yeah. There's good Roosh and bad Roosh. There's good Roosh and bad Roosh a lot. I will also be interested to see what Bandito uh, is going to do because Bandito, you know, formerly part of the ring of honor roster, uh, was a fairly hot commodity out there on, on, in terms of free agent signing, speculation and then kind of cooled off so uh we will see about that i'm going to talk a little bit about more about bandito when we get to the lazy river which we will do now because we have no sponsor this week so the lazy river of wrestling criticism whatever we watched whatever comes to mind classic modern future even wrestling we'll talk about here because there's so much wrestling to watch within the week not any one person can watch it all Although it feels like sometimes Chris and I try. So, <laughs> so Chris, I will, uh, I will hand it off to you for our first uh, random topic here. Sure. Um, the Jericho Appreciation Society is what I called the deadline. 
It's it's like a boring <laughs> version of the bloodline comprised of people who could never actually carry. Oh, that is so fantastic. Yeah, uh, like, and it it it's just more boring every week. You can put stupid suits on everybody. You can bring out pizza. You can bring out Luigi Primo, but this thing has been spiraling around the same drain for weeks now. Um, and that's, that's the sad part of it. Cause I like the individual parts of this, even the ones that aren't, you know, the most over people in the world. Like I, <laughs> I have a weird fascination watching Anna Jay try and act, which is kind of weird. I like Jake Hager. I know a lot of people don't. I love 2.0 cause they're always game for whatever. I like Daniel Garcia and I, I like Guevara and Ty and that stupid making out thing. I think it's funny. I kind of like Jericho. But yeah, this feels like it's just hitting the bit as opposed to doing any real character development here. Yes. It's like they came up with this, oh, we're sports entertainers as like a thesis, but like, dude, you've got to come up with new material from week to week. Yeah, we're just going to do things that the WWE would do with people in terms of presentation, and then that's and, all we're going to do. And here's the thing, like the pizza party wasn't even really done like – in, a, in an ironic meta in WWE, they always do pizza parties sort of things. Or, it even, was... or even as a Memphis, the heels are all celebrating right now. It's a good old-fashioned heel celebration where they're eating cake, and it's not going to get crashed or whatever. But, you know, it's just the heels come out, and, and, and Lance Russell's there, and, you know, the first family's out there, and they're eating cake, and they have party favors, and they're actually having a good time celebrating their 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 evilness in terms of this big victory or whatever they've done over Lawler or whoever. You no, know, instead this is just this is basic first 20 minutes of raw BS. We're gonna come out and everybody's gonna get a turn at the mic. And you know, we're gonna have this <laughs> dopey pizza guy next to us. I just yeah, it, it it's 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 <laughs> It's the. I mean, funny more power to Luigi fun- getting paid, but yeah, like it's a funny hat on top of a funny hat. It, it's the funny hat on top of Marina Shafir. That's what it is, really. It's just I'm gonna cut this promo, but I'm wearing this hat. <laughs> Turn Ferguson on. Yeah. Hey. And, and, and then it gave riddles? it gave way to this unbelievably long, or not that long, but like. I guess nearly 10 minutes felt like a long time for Brian Danielson versus Matt Menard. Yeah. And he, that could have been built a little bit too. Yes. As opposed could've. to, he just comes out and, Oh, I'm going to just challenge a random guy in your stable. It's, it's like, okay, let, let's have a little story. Here. No, let's- especially with the kind of like power scaling disparity between Danielson and pretty much that entire stable outside of Hager, who I think he's already beaten. Um, yeah, no, you you need to actually put like some story into that because like no one thinks that Matt Menard's going to beat Brian Danielson. So like, you know, then then it begs the question, what are we watching this next 10 minutes for? Yeah. I <laughs> I, I could see I could see also see um just as a callback to last week. Uh there's a, there's a lot of the same criticism that Lanza has for the Bloodline story and it not going anywhere. For almost a year and a half, and and, and I can I, I think you're I think you're on to something there. I, I just it it just it. I'll, I'll tell you what I did like about that thing. I I liked 
I just like the little subtle move of Jericho buying a hat for Dan Daniel Garcia and it being the wrong kind of hat as if he doesn't really pay attention to Daniel Garcia. He's just a means to an end there. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I know. It's like, cause like Garcia does have a type of hat. I forget what they're called, but like that, that like Kendall. A, a Kendall. Yeah. He has a type of hat that he does like. And, yes. and so they got him a bucket hat. Um, I'm going to ask this question cause this is more in terms of, uh, booking future and stuff like that and i just uh this has to go one of two ways right either either this tag match next week is sting and flair versus anderson and pillman where garcia sends a putz where, where daniel sends a putz and the three of them give him a beat down or and this might be somewhat interesting to me jericho in terms of his i'm going to go after every champion in ring of honors history type of thing eventually looks up and sees that Daniel Garcia is the ROH pure champion and decides he has to take him out too. Yeah, no, I, it's weird. Cause I, I feel like this is petering towards Daniel Garcia being sick of Jericho as ROH champion and wanting to take Jericho out. But I could just as easily see this being ambush of Danielson to set up Garcia versus Danielson. And if it is, it's a problem because now they've done this with two other people in there in Jamie Hader and Wardlow where the people yeah, want her to the, turn. This and gets they, back to my point last week of fighting yesterday's war. They yes. they 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 can't seem to help themselves with the backpedaling sort of thing. We didn't quite stick the landing last time, so therefore yeah. we should circle back and do the same spot again. Yeah, if this is all a swerve, which I felt like it might have been after hearing Garcia's promo type of thing, I'm just like, my God, the people are going to turn on this. and And I don't think... Garcia is ever going to be hotter than he is right now in terms of being able to turn him into a babyface type of champ. So yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think they're fighting. If they if they do that, it's all a setup, and that Danielson is Sting here and he's a geek and whatever. I just I I think it's going to fall flat, and they're just going to basically have to go to square one and go. Okay, how can we how can we get that same energy for Garcia back eventually? And they're going to find that it's not there. All right, time to talk about the elephant in the room. The big thing in all wrestling criticism this week. This Soraya promo was terrible. Can we say it in, in company? It, it, was, it was a terrible promo. It, it, it sent so many mixed messages about what the point of Soraya is in AEW to the point where I think that also contributed to it undermining its purpose and even its purpose, I think wasn't very good because this felt like something drawn up in a marketing boardroom where it's like, all right, we're going to use her because she may not be ready yet to get back in the ring, but we're going to use her to elevate the entire division. So what she's going to do instead of coming out there and really making her a strong character, talking about why she's there and what she wants to do which we'll get into a little bit later because I think people really kind of overvaluing that part of the promo. Um, She decides to bring out the entire women's division out there to stand while she tries to put them over and it doesn't work. And she's like, bring out the women's division. She didn't even get through more than like one person. I mean, like the worst part about this is that it was this like cursory level thing. And 
she was putting over interim champion Tony Storm as the greatest champion in the company. And if you can't, based off of my summary of that sentence, realize the problem with the tone there, I can't help you. I, I'm sorry. You're out of touch. It was uh, very it, TNA thinking. Yeah. Back in the day. Um, <laughs> and there's a certain disconnect there when you do these types of promos where it's just like they're all standing there. And, and hey, these people can't speak for themselves, but they're all really good. And you people should like them that just will not get them over at any point. And when you say I'm bringing out the women's division and the heels all stay back and then out comes Brit and her crew and Brit is in full Charlotte mode here, just cutting off Saraya at the knees in terms of talking about her neck and how she can't go anymore and you know the the veiled shot at Thunder Rosa, and I just I was like, this is this is not helping anyone in the division, and in fact, it's just making everybody think, yes, this is why the women don't get more opportunities. Now, as we continue in this, because I I don't think anything in terms of the content needs to be really said here, because much like MJF and Yuta last week. Soraya is just absolutely getting destroyed by Brit, other than the your rhyme names with the S word, which people started chanting, but then they had to pot down because they don't want the adult language on the TV anymore. So Soraya comes out and she say, and and she's uh, oh, it's a revolution, the revolution, the revolution, the revolution, which is completely WWE branding. About it's the we're here to take over. We're here to cause chaos. We're here to cause chaos. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it was I'm here as the manager of the division to cause of the, chaos. Of the, of the Kabuki Warriors. I'm here to do that. Wow, now, that's right. She was the manager of the Kabuki Warriors for a cup of coffee. Yes. Well, you bring up a very good point as well that, that brings into a lot of my criticism about this promo. Is she the commissioner? Because we have never found out what her role is here. But it felt like that because she goes out there, she she goes, we're going to have a lumberjack match. And then she leaves and does commentary instead of being one of the lumberjacks. So it appears to me she's some sort of pseudo authority figure, but we haven't established that on television. We haven't said that on television. I was under the assumption that she was going to come in and be a wrestler of some point. It would be nice to know these types of things, Chris. I Agree. Uh, look, the Soraya promo was very bad. And kind of like a mirror of the Wheeler Yuta promo from last week. Yes. Which I did not think experienced great improvement week over to week here. Uh, but uh, when she comes out and she calls. Britt Baker, Shit Baker, Clit Baker, you know, they censored on some broadcast, so you might not be able to figure out what she was calling or just something rhymes with Brit, you see. Um, could be Brick Baker, for all you know. Um, but once she comes out there and then Britt Baker says, is it Soraya or Soraya half the audience doesn't know? Like, that, that, that that's kind of true, though. Like, like I think like well legit- she she came out with a tweet and you're correct no they don't know that but but I think didn't uh, 
Oh no, Nick. she she's corrected it and she's tried to like set the record I think straight. Excalibur has also said that this no, is how you pronounce it. Too. I, I I get that. Yes. But like the observation here is you're not even well established enough right now where we know the right way to say your name. Correct. Uh, and that's not a knock on the audience or like insensitivity or whatever. That's literally a knock uh, earnestly on your level of visibility right now. Well, let's, and talk, let's talk about the women. She's right. Yeah. And let's talk about the women's formula here because it, it, it's followed a similar formula for at least a year and a half, maybe two years now is new star comes in, cuts snarky promo at Brit. Brit just kills them on the mic. We did this with Ruby Riot. We did this with Athena. We did this with Tony Storm. We did this with uh, you know Tony Storm was part of the segment, believe it or not. Yeah, we did this with Thunder Rosa, if you remember correctly. We did this with um uh, another babyface who debuted and just got. Oh, we did it with uh. Basically, we what we do is we throw every babyface woman at Britt Baker, and Britt Baker just demeans them in character as opposed to as a heel to a at best generously a mixed reaction but usually a positive one there's a little fourth wall breaking in it that really undermines the entire process of it and that's my problem with brit it sometimes i think she's i think she's uber talented on the mic in terms of personality and things like that i get that but there, there is. There I think is a... Britt does a really good job of taking care of Britt on the microphone, I and I don't necessarily know that that extends anywhere else. I, I, you know, take care of yourself. I guess you're the product, but at the same time, this division is unless unless someone gets one. I this is how I put it on on the Dynamite show that I do on on Wednesdays. I said Britt is the kid that you played with in the neighborhood who would be getting so upset at losing, she'd cha- they'd change the rules in the middle of the game so they wouldn't have to lose. That, to me, is what a promo battle with Britt Baker is like. And then the last, and, and for me, one of the cringiest elements of the Soraya promo here was, or Soraya uh, promo here, was the constant putting over of Tony Khan, the visionary. Yes. Oh, it's so nice to have a good boss because Tony is a good boss. He Tony is very <laughs> good. And now I'm going to go on to the commentary booth and say Tony is doing a good job. Good job, Tony. Tony is good. Like, good Lord, man. Get over yourself. Stop being so insecure. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a certain portion of the fandom that wants no, that i get this to- yes i'm aware of east tony stan over there uh <laughs> and western tony stan um like Daddy gonna give us good wrestling instead of evil vince guy yeah tony conistan yeah no uh that's fine and all but like i i, I it, it 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 makes her seem like a weenie to con- like or an ass kiss to constantly be talking about how wonderful the boss is it's nerd Your stuff. Your turn. Um, man. Um, okay. Uh, I guess. I mean, we, we we can sort of continue on with this this AEW show here. <laughs> I thought no. I, I mean, honestly, like I, I thought this was by and by and large a dud show. Um, like the Juice Robinson match. Goodness gracious, Hawkins! This went on way too long. Like like for a world title eliminator match not even a world title match and i'm not saying juice robinson should have gotten a title shot um but like 
come on, dude. It's an eliminator match. Either he pulls off some sort of schmizz on Moxley to get a second title shot within 10 minutes, or he doesn't. But, like, let's keep these, these eliminator matches under 10 minutes, please. I agree with you. Um, I understand that they want to keep the New Japan relationship strong, even though they kept saying he's a free agent. Um, I, my problem with this, and, and I know that Mox wants to give, good Lord, Mox gives so much to every guy he's in the ring with, and it's a positive. There's a time and a to negative. give. There's yes. a time to give. And, yes. and, and a world title eliminator match. Yes. This is not the right time to go long. But my issue, especially with the juice match, and especially with this program, including the Bandito match, is all of these programs should be three to five week feuds. If we're going to do this, let's have some, I mean, the juice promo before the match was very, very good. Don't get me wrong, but that's something you want to play the week before he comes in and does a squash match to introduce himself or even a week before the match, not five minutes before he's coming to the ring to build the feud. The anticipation is something that is necessary in wrestling bandito my God, that dude comes off the screen and he is fantastic. And if he give him a white duster, but please let, let's get some creativity here. Let's do a simple three week feud. If he's the bounty hunter coming in to take the ROH title back home or whatever. And he's been terrorizing the Jericho appreciation society want, yes, for yes, about a month now. Want, wanted posters of the Jericho appreciation society. And if we're not going to show him on t- camera doing things to them, then how about we just have some vignettes of, of Bandito and introducing him and starting to uh, starting to educate the crowd a little more, even if they know him. Now, the talking point I heard that drove me nuts was, well, Bandito was in the main event of All In, so the fans of AEW know exactly who he is. Chris, do you remember what the last match on All In was? No. It was no. Kota Bushi and the Jacksons versus Bandito, Ray Phoenix, and Ray Mysterio. Who could forget that? Exactly. And this was three years ago. Guys, Bandito has not been on AEW television since, I don't believe. Ring of Honor, stop over it. This is going to go even further into, into the hole I'm I'm digging, but I saw people complaining about this Philadelphia crowd. You're complaining about a wrestling crowd in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Man, yeah. There no. is a problem with your product. Product. And that not was not one crowd. isolated comment that, that I saw that across multiple mediums. There is a weird conventional wisdom held by AEW Faithful that the show does not fail the crowd, that the crowd fails the show. And it's just baffling to me as as a reviewer could it possibly be that your two big title matches number one your main event title match was not even the company's title necessarily right right. and you could sit there and tell me oh well tony Khan's doing a really smart thing about investing in the future intriguing roa philly is the home of ring of honor blah 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 here's 2022 no one cares about all right stop um like like and let's up bury the fact that the Bandito and Jericho match was very well worked. Oh, yeah. Extraordinarily well worked. I, I, I mean, it exceeded expectations. 
Um, I know like Cornette on his show a week prior was like, well, God, you know, Jericho will never be able to turn an ROH quality match. Wrong, Jim. Um, clearly did. Um, but it still doesn't get you away from the fact that like you're not really hooked into this Bandito story. No, because uh, there's no story to be no hooked story into. Story there, yeah, exactly. And he's an afterthought as, as Jericho cuts his promo afterwards. I, I love the visual of the blood seeping through his mask. I I know it's terrible that he got stiffed on something, but it was such an awesome looking. I mean, it made him look like a badass. Oh my god! It's okay, so speaking of blood, one last thing: Juice Robinson drinking Moxley's blood in the year of our Lord 2022. Stop! No. I don't need to see that. That's not cool. It doesn't make you look awesome. It's like, cool, hepatitis boy. Enjoy that. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I was going to, I was going to say, oh, yeah. Oh, your other main event match was, uh, was, of course, Juice Robinson from New Japan against your world champion, who is, <laughs> they got, they did. <laughs> Their two biggest stars were the first two segments of the show, and I get ratings, but for a wrestling show, you want to end strong. You, you know, it, it's no. Just- the, the, these have these last few weeks have really felt kind of like limp to the finish shortest shows rather than sprint to the finish shortest shows. Mox just won the world title last week, and you open with the Jericho Appreciation Society and Danielson. What does that say about your world champion being the most important thing on this show? I know everybody, oh, well, wrestling fans are more more uh, sophisticated, blah, 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 blah. No, man, it, it, the basic crap works, okay? Right, <laughs> and, and, and it's like they went to Mox the week after the, deba- you know, the pay-per-view debacle as the open guy. But, like, dude, you know, you got to commit to this guy as your world champion. Otherwise, he's just the guy who had been waiting days to see, you know, defend the belt this week. Like, ooh, what intrigue. Um, no, yeah, it, it's, it's got to be more than that. He has to be a central narrative focus of the show. Also, if you're going to get the belt off him and hand it off to MJF, as many of us suspect, you got to make it tragic when the guy loses the belt. Yes. Yes, yes. And wins and losses have to matter, and people have to be mad about that, and there has to be a narrative shift. I thought this was a company where wins and losses mattered too. Yeah, uh, yeah, I will give. I only have one other AEW note on my on my rundown, so I'll give it real quick. And it's a bit of praise, but it's a bit of uh, watch this differently now because a lot of people were really praising Yuta's promo, and I agree in some aspect. The vocal delivery itself was very oh, very good. What, very very. Was it? He cracked. He has a vocal crack. I Hawkins. don't mind the vocal. I don't mind the vocal crack because it means you're. I mean, it means you're passionate in some I know but it was like teenage yeah I was teenage boy vocal crack no but my voice cracks on this show a lot so I I I forgive it so maybe that's just minor to me but I want to point out something for the people that are really really saying oh man that was just awesome blah 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 watch his body language because and this is where my wheelhouse comes in in terms of acting and performing and not being this not being the most confident performer in the world when I was starting out as well and even sometimes now Yuta gets in there and he has the fire in his voice. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But he's looking down because I'm thinking he's trying to remember his lines or whatever. And then when he's not looking down, he's kind of looking all over a place in the audience, but not really making eye contact to talk to any of them. And that that's a move that people who do live performance in the round and things do all the time and stuff like that. But it, it doesn't and, and when they're not confident in themselves. 
But the moment he looked at the hard camera, it all came together. And my, my note for him would have been do the entire promo into that hard camera, looking at us, staring a dagger into that camera because you're communicating with hundreds of thousands more people than are in that arena. The live crowd's there for ambiance. Don't get me wrong, but you're talking to us watching on TV. It is still a television product. And if you want to make it come off better, stop this. I need to, I need to connect with the crowd in some way. You connect with the crowd in your matches. You connect with us at home in your promos. And, and, and I just, I was like, look at him. He's not, he's, I mean, he's sounding fiery, but he's looking down at the ground. And so I'm just looking at him going, he has no faith right now. He's trying to remember words or he's nervous or something like that. And that might be. the No. And, and this man, this man needs help and guidance on this front. Uh, like I'm with you. I, I think you kind of nailed the thing that's really missing here is that like for two weeks now, you has come out and tried to work the crowd to work the TV and he needs to work the TV to work the crowd. Yes. Yes. I don't know that he can do that, but that that's definitely a big process step that has been missing. Uh, your turn, sir. Okay. Um, I guess we can move out of the land of AEW and into, into I don't know, right? let's do NXT. Why not? Can I do some NXT? We can do some NXT. Yeah, we can do some NXT. There's not a lot of NXT to do here. Um, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll end with Raw, because I do have a couple things on Raw I want to mention. Um, I kind of really enjoyed the a day in the life of pretty deadly segments oh that was fantastic i i, I know it's like not like a heavy thought or anything like that but like I, dude fantastic I mean, maybe class no but it's like it's like classic like vintage heel characterization it's, i'm it's very here for it classic 80s cheese all, all it needed really instead of being a day in the life of necessarily was for it to be a stupid music video type of thing with no dialogue whatsoever. They're just doing all these same dumb things, but, but set to a popular song. And, and, and maybe some isolated quotes or whatever that yes. like make them sound like airheads. Yes. But, but man, I am here for more of that kind of stuff. I think that just helps build them in, in terms of, uh, in terms of, of things, but this tire opening the robe to the belt. That, that's pure cheese. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, the workout videos of the of the early '90s, late '80s. I mean, they they do this every week with somebody who wasn't on TV. If you're watching like regional television, and, like, and they're like like in love with themselves, yes. and like it like like it's the Terry Taylor Tully Blanchard type of thing. Yes, where 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 it's like we're showing that they're really high society heel type things, uh, the fabulous ones in some way, where they're doing the bubble bath. There, there's there's little shades of that in here. I I adored this. Yes, no, 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 no. I I, I mean, like, look, uh, th- their name is pretty deadly. They're supposed to be the pampered posh boy <laughs> champions, and like, I I I, I was just tickled that they they did this. I thought this is this is a great segment. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's nothing fancy or anything, but I just thought it it, it totally worked for who these guys are. Uh, let me let me counterpoint NXT with the one thing I had on here that I wanted to talk about, and that's uh, Sol Ruka's debut. Okay, I like her. I thought she over delivered in some ways, being at her first TV match. She has a certain presence. She's she's a very good athlete. She does the gymnastics very very well. I just don't know if that's. <laughs> This modern female style where they just want them doing cartwheels and flips 
and somersaults and tumbling. I'm a, I'm a punch kick guy. I'm just like, uh, it's just, it's, it's so weird to me to have someone like her and not have her throwing drop kicks because those to me would be so impressive looking coming from someone built like her. Yes. And is Amari Miller someone we want to invest in? Because <laughs> there's a, there's a nice little point where, where she waves pre match to uh, Amari Miller, but I thought Amari Miller was also one of these younger people. I thought, and this was, I mean, you could hear, you could see the ref basically guiding them through this match. And here's this set piece. Here's this set piece. Let WWE slash NXT. I mean, you have Santana Garrett as a coach there. Use her. You have uh, Amber Nova working one of the schools in the area who does enhancement work for both companies. Bring her in. I'm not saying either is a great ring general per se, but they have a hell of a lot more experience than any of those two in the ring. This was no, this especially was a, for debut matches. You need this to was have a class like a match. Yes. This was a class match to do in front of your classmates. And I just, I was, I was a little confused because they, I mean, okay, she's a surfer. I mean, we're, we're now getting uh, back to her vignettes getting, suck. No, no, her, hers. Yeah. Stink. They, they suck. They're very like, bad. Hey, I'm they're, a they're not, they're I'm a, a series server. of non sequiturs. Like, they tell like you nothing. They as tell the you tide nothing. comes in, yes. it's time to go to shore. What the hell does that mean? Hawkins? <laughs> like I'm scared of the big waves that like, I don't know. I spent some time on the beach. So like, to me, if you're scared of high tide, what that tells me is that you are a timid surfer. Um, most uh, surfers actually live for high tide, Hawkins. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Has anybody here seen Point Break, for God's sake? Uh, no, it, it's just, it, it, it's uh, like the, the, FBI, vignettes, the vignettes are, the vignettes are written by someone who's clearly never surfed a day in their life. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, oh, you seem like it's, what would surfers say? Let me Wikipedia this article. Oh, they love the Zenism of surfing. That's right? No, it would be like it would be like if like you had like new like Guitar Girl or something, and she'd be like, "I like to rock my guitar. There is nothing quite like jamming. It really puts <laughs> the wind in my hair. I love to rock." <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, this this girl doesn't even know like how to hold." Let's the hair. shred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and also, no. Turn it up to ten. This one goes to 11. Uh, <laughs> no surf-related offense for Sol Ruka either, if I remember correctly. Like, why are you not doing like a surfboard? Uh, you, this is your gimmick. This is your entire horse. Some, some sort of exhibition of like how you use tranquility to your advantage. Like, yes. that. yeah, uh, any, anything. There's just like, it was a very flavorless debut among everything yes, else. And that, that's a perfect adjective for is flavorless it's look we have this athletic woman who can do who can do a lot of tumbling drills with this other woman and they're gonna do a little dance for you and we're gonna call it a wrestling match and this should have been a student show in front of just the students that that's what this was so yeah i i, I did not care for that. uh your turn and i have nothing else for nxt so man um i i guess i i will say i to just wrap it up um <sighs> uh the the like the main event here the gallus versus uh the two guys um that boy the finish of that was just like it, it, they they flipped it from gallus just like whooping up on these guys they real quickly hit the glasses over gallus's head and then that's the end of the match it was it was not 
an intriguing or engaging match. It was not good so much as it was long. It was very long. And I understand at the end trying to get Gallus over as badasses. But they just got beat, right? In a clownish way, too. Like, you can't have Mark Coffey, like, upside down in a, in a trash can and stand him back, stealth back up and, like, spaghetti legs himself and then try to make him look like a badass afterwards. And, and, and then send a SWAT team after them. Right, yeah, yeah. You're, SWAT, <laughs> you're swatting spaghetti legs. Yeah. Come on it's, now. It's like, really? Think you brought enough guys? You know, that kind of thing. You're just watching on this is a this is an overreaction to try and make up for the fact that they just made them look weak against this against I want to call him Buchanan, but that's not that's that's his dad, Bull Buchanan. I forgot their names. Briggs and Jensen. Briggs and Jensen, thank you. Um now I'm I'm gonna go to Raw. Uh and this was something I mentioned last week after we went off air that we forgot to talk about. Uh, I don't know if it worked as well this week, but overall, this Dexter Loomis thing is uh, is getting over with this crowd. Oh yeah, no, I I I agree, and I look, I I actually think the Miz Squadron getting annihilated. I mean, like that. Look, that's that's good. That's a good Miz segment to me. And and and, and I think it kind of goes to, I know the priorities between the two companies, and it's very weird because they both have their weaknesses. Like WWE is almost all foreplay 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 and they never really get to good action thereafter no for you'll sure occasionally like get, the- you'll occasionally get a banger with like imperium or something like that but they never really get to they never really heat up the feud they never you know it, it, it's like and, and if it's foreplay it's nothing but like kiss kissing there's no heavy petting it never escalates to anything really it's just you do a little heavy petting for a while and then you leave and you go to another person you do heavy petting type of a thing whereas aew to continue this terrible metaphor that i teased earlier two pump chump action and that's it and it doesn't mean anything and it's <laughs> no, and little, no no foreplay it, it's it, somewhat it, unsatisfying because we haven't built it at all you know right not not really appreciate the experience yeah. is actually it, yeah. it, it it's the time you spent not the destination necessarily yeah, hey yeah. i got there cool yeah cool yeah you forgot that it's a journey my friend yeah, it, forget, yeah. you forget that there needs to be like some service to somebody else in here and you know <laughs> That's the worst metaphor I'll ever do. But um, no, like I mean, like look, say, like, oh, like Dexter, no, like Dexter Loomis can't wrestle. I'm like, how much does he need to do? Really, he just no. Needs to and do like the whole thing, does. the genius of Miz to me as a character is he's a heel who you always want to see bad things happen to. You never want to, like you never feel bad for him. Like it, it, it it's. It, it 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 would really you have to really kind of go beyond the pale like stalk his house or, you know like one of the kind of crazier segs when they try to turn him face yeah um he he's just he's perfectly built for Dexter Loomis's stalker character to add to torment on a week by week basis um and, and I mean like I think you know Miz should win this first match and the tormenting should continue because that's where the money is with this it's just a segment it's a thing to entertain people but like it gets it establishes Loomis's character. Miz is a guy who you can torment indefinitely and doesn't hurt him a lick. Um, I have no problems with it. I really, I mean, is, is it my like my jam? Is it my shit? No. no yeah, no. Is yeah, it yeah. the greatest thing on earth? Do I like it as much as Caimanito or La Parca? No. 
but it's it's still it's one of those things that surprised me because the 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 uh the common logic going in was well you know people this crowd's going to turn on Dexter because he can't wrestle. I'm like, dude, do you do you know WWE crowds? I mean, they don't care. They just want this character goofy skits because they'll remember. I mean, Regal said it on his table for three, and I say it all the time. He's like, people won't remember you for your great matches, but uh, you know that cross dressing moment that was the proudest moment of my career. Yeah, right. No, I, I I mean to his point, like I mean I think. It, he's a reals man. He's jam. a reals man. Man was invoked on commentary this week as a you know a reference to Regal's career. It wasn't like remember that time you put the Regal stretch on Ultimo Dragon in '98. And I hate WWE because I just want hot feuds and they never build. So don't think I'm being an apologist here, but uh, I'm going to sandwich a negative with with the positive here, and it's gonna be this is gonna be tough for me, Chris, because I have to criticize Aunt Pam. I love me some Bailey. You know this. Mm-hmm. I love me this damage control stable. This feud with Bianca and and the baby faces, it's... We've never really been told why damage control is there. <laughs> it goes into the, we're taking over. Yeah, well, they want to damage things and they want to control them. They, uh, they allude to being looked over when they were down in NXT. And I think they need to go harder on that. And I think that would be good for fiery promos here, but they never quite get there. See my foreplay analogy earlier that they just, they, they, they allude to it, but it's just in service of getting to, and now we're going to see Bianca and EO fight for seven minutes and do, you know, a fun match, but a match that really doesn't mean anything. Um, it just you know, also seems to me that a, a group that calls themselves damage control really does have sort of a green light to do more damage control during matches in the form yes. of interference. Like yes. you, you it, it just, it's consistent with the, I know people don't like interference in their, in their wrestling. Cause it's a, it's a sport and all right. Um, but like, let's suppose it's a TV show with characters. Uh, this faction is like essentially named after like the premise of interference that you do damage control when like things are getting out of hand you send in damage control to contain the situation um i feel like even in i i feel like even in the matches like obviously billy's the focal point but like bailey and dakota should be always trying to do damage control for eo and eo and bailey should be trying to do damage control for dakota and Dakota and EO should be trying to do damage control for Bailey once, you know, she finally wins the belt. And and if the, if the premise of this stable is that they were overlooked and that they're here to quote unquote, they should be angrier. And they are afraid to do angry on WWE television a lot of times because they only do it for the certain baby face who's getting, you know, the Drew McIntyre gets his time to be angry occasionally. And, and then, then we really get into the feud. But, but it's yeah, it's an easy talk track, right? Like should, for too, too be... long we were looked over. It's a new day here in WWE. There's new day, but we're not getting our opportunities. We're so we're gonna make yeah. them and we're gonna take them. Well, yeah, and be bitter and angry and be and let that fuel you as opposed to coming out here and doing. You know, look, I loved the Ding Dong Hello character. I don't want Bailey in this iteration necessarily being Seth Rollins again. I, I want her to be kind of, hey, I was off all this time. And if you're going to bring that up, I'm going to get angry about it. Or or instead of just trying to, oh, okay, okay. No, be angry. Bring it up. 
you know, get mad at Bianca for being able to, to main event WrestleMania while you were gone. You know, those types of things. I mean, that that's what builds feuds. And instead it's just, <laughs> we're here. I'm driving on a golf cart. And now one of my flunkies is going to fight the main person over there and lose to, you know, set up a, 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 you know, I get to do a finisher on her and then talk to her on the mic. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's the formula and it also goes to the criticisms of it, but it's just one of those things where it's again, if if you want the if you want the TV to be better, you got to kind of make the characters stronger as opposed to thinking of plot points necessarily, because plot will come. Right, right. No, no. And plot tends to come from good characters. Good yes. characters tend to naturally lend themselves to easy plots because you yes. just know how person A would think about a thing, how person B would think about a thing, yes. and you just anticipate natural friction from there. It's the whole point of doing gimmicks in wrestling is to give people who wouldn't ordinarily have strong characters, strong characters. So, yeah. Uh, I have one more thing, but... Uh, do I it. Will, I will no, 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 do it. Uh, I I am... There's a lot... Look, I love Bailey. I love Asuka. I love Dakota. I love Io. I love Bianca. I love, I love the women. The women's division is great. And I think Bailey and her crew being back have made it hotter, but damn, if, if the men's division hasn't gotten an injection of fun with Gargano and, and, and Owens doing the Panda express gimmick again. Um, and how Sam- about, how about good match, good TV match, Ray Mysterio yes. kind of sneaking up here. Like I get that we make fun of Mysterio science oh, that, theater 3000 oh, skipped over that promo, but no, no, the promo, promo but, but like Mysterio consistently at like at an advanced ages continue to turn to really good TV matches. Like they're entertaining. Um, like that Balor match was a lot of fun. The Balor too. match was a lot yeah. of fun. And, and look, the Balor AJ story is a lot better than people are giving credit for. I agree. I, I, I love the whole, look, I'm not going to turn on you just yet. You're my friend. I'm going to keep trying, but know that I can kick your ass at any time. You know, that kind of thing. I think that's fun. You know, they teased it the first time where he, he didn't punch him or anything. He just goes, okay, just think about it for next week after being rejected. This week, he threatens him with, with ending his career. I could have done that, but I don't want to because I don't want you to join us type of a thing. I think Rhea has hit her stride on this, and you talked about this last week. Uh, and and hey, Sammy and Solo Sokoa. How fantastic was this where Sammy gets a big win through interference and it's not because one of them are, is, is, is trying to necessarily save the guy, but it's because, hey, I may like the guy kind of a thing. I, uh, Sammy and and this bloodline story continues. To, I mean, at least Sammy's involvement in the bloodline and him making a friend with the quote unquote enforcer of the bloodline. It's the buddy cop movie. I didn't think I wanted, but I kind of need now. I did. I did not expect myself to ever get back into the bloodline storyline, but like, Damn if they haven't kind of sucked me back in a little bit with this Sammy Zayn and Solo Sokoa injection. Like, it's just, it's interesting. I want to see where this story goes. I have, I, there's no sort of higher compliment I can pay to TV writing than like, okay, let's see what the next chapter is. I, I, I'm, in, I'm in on this. I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, and, and I think we brought up last week, I would love for this to to defy expectations except to be the straight ahead all these guys are really just clowning Sammy 
type of thing. Like I would love Sammy to be the hero for the bloodline in, in the war games. Yes. I, I mean, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of like the, okay. Like I, I like the idea of like the bloodline and Owens leading into war games, really tugging for Sammy's heart. I think that's going to actually be fun. I don't know. Like there, there's, they could mishandle this. We'll see Jay where it goes. Try, Jay trying to frame Sammy for for Neptune and, and Roman and just going, no, man, I like the guy. He no, no, Roman, day. Roman getting mad at Jay for trying yes. to frame. Yeah, yeah, yes. going like, you idiot, you're gonna cost us the war games match. Exactly. Don't you see how hard the guys were? I would love nothing more. Yeah, yeah. here's something that, I that ultimately about. who sabotages the bloodline is Jay, not Sammy, and it possibly turns Roman face in the process. Could that happen on this? Because everybody loves this Sammy and Roman thing. And everybody knows. I mean, look, the obvious thing to do is for Roman to eventually destroy Sammy because everybody loves Sammy. And then, oh, right. As, as a way of sending, as a way of sending a message to Owens going into war games. Yeah. But, yeah. but if they went the natural way where this crowd wants them to go, Sammy and Roman becoming friends and actually ending up turning Roman in some ways to being a more likable person would be an interesting way to try and get back there. I know it would screw up their plans, but you know, that's fantasy book and stuff. I get it. But at the same time for right now, until, until they finally decide. No, you know, you, you try to, when we're thinking about this stuff, I think you try to think of like, what's the most intriguing storyline. Yeah. And, and you know, like what can you fill the most weeks with? What would and, like, I pitch if I were in the room there? That's right. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, to me, the intrigue is like, there is something really interesting about, this heel Roman and seemingly in it for completely innocent reasons, Sammy Zayn in the bloodline thing. And so like you either have to have, and I don't know how you could do this convincingly now that Sammy Zayn has had a plan all along here. Doesn't seem like that's possible. Um, I mean, especially not after like the, what are you doing here in the big confrontation? He like was like, I I'm completely innocent. Um, so like his motives are pure. So I just like, I think the whole like can Sami Zayn melt Roman's heart story yes. is a lot of fun. For, it's, it's a, a lot story. of fun. Wrestling's a love yes. story. It's a lot. Look, it's a soap opera. It's a soap opera. Let, people, let me, let me put this uh, this pitch that I had in my head that I I think I put this out Monday uh, for for general thinking here because I don't know. Here's the question: Would this make the thing way too wacky or way too awesome? Billy Kay in the bloodline. <laughs> what does she do for them? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know yet. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I, so to answer your question, I wouldn't know unless you told me what she was doing. Like, as okay, an, uh, here, okay, no, okay, I, 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 got, I got you. I got you. I got you. Billy Kay as Paul Heyman's F up secretary who is constantly screwing things up for Heyman. Just trying to be Naomi. That's what <laughs> like, like, like I, I, like she, she's always trying to like do the right, like, and like Heyman likes her, but like can't get over the fact that she just does not know how to not screw things up. She, she's the Miss Tessmacher to Lex Luthor to Heyman's Luthor in the Superman movies. I don't. That might be too an arcane reference for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, okay, I can see that. That but that would drive it far more into comedy, I think. Well, okay, but you're talking about Billy K, bro. Yeah, like, I know. what, I know. what That's is why Billy? I said. Billy Billy is aces at 
comedy stuff. Yes, yes. And, and she's, you know, I mean, mid, I mean, into the generously end. mid in the ring. Because heel comedy is great, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, wacky heel comedy is sometimes cringe. So it's one of those things where I wasn't sure. But okay. Uh, anything else from you uh, from this week? No, um, Damian Priest really settling into his own as, as a member of the Judgment Day too. I think this is this is really kind of helping him out. I really like his confidence. I do I, too. I do. There's, there's a certain smugness about him that comes through on the TV. That's really confidence, but but he's portraying it as smugness at the same time. And when he speaks, I mean, look, he has a cool ass voice. So it's one of those things where he yeah. talks, where he does that in the again, kids, straight to the camera promo. There's a certain, there's a certain, uh, um, uh, I, I, I can't think of the word right now, but you believe it. There we yes. Go. Credibility. Credibility. Thank you. Yep. That's what I got for this week okay, here. Hawkins. That's cool. We'll end it there. You can follow me at crap game 13. You can follow Chris at DWATG, DWATG. It's been a long week. You can just Blanca. follow the show. You can just follow the show at shake them ropes. We are part of the voices of wrestling network. Any kind of show that or any kind of wrestling you like, we probably have a show for it, including uh, Joshi, including Open the Voice Gate, including trivia, including shows on theme songs, and including the new AEW show, The Good, The Bad, and The Hungy. Also, I believe Days of Thunder is on our podcast as well, not just the Patreons, and I've I've been enjoying some of them as well. Uh, I, I, I I'm not as big of a Thunder fan as as a lot of other people were back in the day because i just viewed it as a b show but it is a oh so i viewed it as a b show too but i i have definitely come to appreciate that especially in the first hour of thunder and i do remember this back my viewing days there usually was some sneaky interesting matches in that first hour before they settled into the you know plot second hour my plug outside of the voices of wrestling network i am also part of fight game media much to the disdain of the Voices of Wrestling Discord. But you can follow us at patreon.com slash media for five bucks a month. You'll get my premium show, along with a lot of other shows about a lot of other different stateside wrestling for the most part. But uh, I do the Dynamite show with one Paul Fontaine, who is live at SmackDown tonight, uh, giving hot takes on Dynamite and a more thorough deconstruction of the show than you do on uh than we do here on the lazy river per se, but Chris also has a Patreon that he'd like you to support. Yeah. Don't worry about the government has a Patreon that you can find over at patreoncom slash DWATG. A buck a show is all I ask. I'm putting out like one show a month. So like literally if you want to support my show for $1 a month, that would be cool. Are you enjoying this? Well, Think about it. Go to patreon.com slash DWH. answer for me? <laughs> no, well, Hawkins, you endure this every week uh, and then plead for me to come back the next week. It's weird. Uh, it's like, oh, that's horrible. Will you be back next week? It's a strange setup we have. Um, but if you want to support my works on air, patreon.com slash DWATG. It gives me a buck a show every time I put out. Don't worry, which just once a month. So $1 if y'all like what I do here. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.